What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me, as always, on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Before we get started tonight, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, Bet Online. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 bracket madness contest starting on March 15th. Remember the NBA, XFL, they're all still going on. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. You can visit our friends over at betonline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so... We are back. We're going to quickly go through and chat about uh, some of the things that we saw last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and then we are going to turn our attention towards the Players' Championship this week. Um, to start things off, obviously, Terrell Hatton won. Um, he really, uh, not not super shocking, Um but definitely, uh, definitely somewhat under the radar for a lot of people. Last week, um, he had he did carry some ownership, um, but it was uh, it was a bit of a bit of a shock to see him actually win. To be honest, it seems like anytime he's been popular, he's been sort of disappointing. Um, played really well though on a, on a very very tough course. Um, ended up with a uh, 74 going 73 74 on the weekend and still winning which is pretty uh, pretty ridiculous when you think about it um, scoring average was way up and uh, and yeah he 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 just sort of outlasted everybody he it looked like he was gonna potentially lose it on I think it was a yeah 11 he had a double bogey uh, coming down the stretch and really um, really struggled overall to score on the back nine. He had a double bogey and eight pars. So uh, not a lot of birdies to be had, obviously, on this course. He ended up finishing uh, ninth in greens and regulation. He hit just over 58% of his greens. Um, didn't really hit a ton of fairways either, just over 50% there as well. Um Gained strokes on approach, though, uh, over seven strokes on approach. He was top 25 in strokes gained off the tee, and he had a decent, um, all things considered, a decent putting week, especially on uh, on day one. He um, he gained almost three and a half strokes putting. So uh, definitely, definitely good to see him uh, get on the get on the win in the win column at some point. Uh, it it felt like he was going to be one of those guys who maybe struggled a little bit to get there. Um, but he, uh, he figured it out and good for him. Um, we're going to, as usual, go through the, uh, cash locks. We will update the, um, sort of the running total here. Uh, 14 out of 16 have now made the cut. We had a pretty good week with the cash locks this week uh, with a couple of top 15 finishes. So far this year, uh, about 60% of the cash locks have finished in the top 25 and 20% have finished in the top 10. And obviously we had 
the winner last, uh, you know, two weeks ago with Sung Jaeim. So, um, definitely, uh, definitely feeling good about, about the picks, feeling good about the process. It's been sort of, um, sort of an up and down year in general for me personally with, uh, with my lineups, but I'll, we'll chat about that in a little bit. Um, specifically the catch locks from last week were Colin Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler. Morikawa was 8,400. He, um, his short game really just let him down. He led the field in strokes gained approach. He was sixth in strokes gained off the tee. And he was outside of the top 50 in both uh, strokes gained around the green and strokes gained putting, which left him in a tie for ninth place overall. And he scored 72 and a half DraftKings points. So not a, not a, not a huge output by any stretch. Um, Scotty Scheffler at 7,700 finished in 15th place, and he actually outscored uh, he outscored Morikawa despite being uh, you know lower on the leaderboard. The reason for that was he um, he managed to card three eagles during the week, um, and that basically counted for like over 30 percent of his DraftKings scoring output. Um, he was great off the tee and around the green. His approach game was a little suspect, and he his putting was just all over the place all week. Um, really never got into really never got into a groove. I, I, I feel like he probably could have um, could have sort of challenged a little bit more for the um, you know, for the win or at least for a top five, if it wasn't for his, his bad finish on Friday afternoon, he went double, double, uh, actually he went Eagle on 16, double on 17, double on 18. So that cost him four strokes right there. And that was, uh, that proved to be pretty costly, just putting him out of position. And, um, it's pretty clear that he has, a ton of uh, DK scoring upside at this point. Like he's, he's been, uh, he's, he hasn't been shy to go for uh, the part fives and two. He has made a few long, uh, long putts to get us a, a couple extra points here and there. So he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be um, leaning pretty heavily on moving forward. Uh, it would be, it would be lovely for his price to, uh, you know, to stay where it is right now. Um, I, I don't know how, I don't know how much longer we'll get him there. He's, uh, he's 7,500 this week in, in obviously much, uh, much stronger field, but I don't know that there's going to be a ton of opportunities, um, after the next few weeks to really, to really hammer him in the seven K range. I think, at some point, they're going to have to adjust his price up a little bit and lean sort of more towards the low 8Ks, like 8,200 um, in his next start after the players wouldn't be wouldn't be terribly shocking to me. So, uh, yeah, just uh, just get it get it cheap while you can because I really, like I said, I don't think it's going to last much longer. I don't think it's going to be long before uh, we see him really start to challenge and uh and hopefully win a win a tournament here over the summer or something so uh those are the cash locks like i said we uh 
I, I gave you, I ran down the rates before. Uh, the average price for each cash lock has been 8300 which, again, uh, we try to keep it to so that you uh, it doesn't cost you more than the average salary for those two spots. Some weeks it'll be a little bit higher. Some weeks it'll be a little bit lower, but that's about the average. Uh, finish position is 28th, and average DraftKings points is just over 72 uh, per event. So really, um, really feeling, like I said before, pretty confident about that, and uh, hopefully we can keep it going this week. If you are listening to this and you're wondering when you... Uh, when and where you can find the cash locks, you can check out the article, obviously, on Rotoviz, the slate breakdown that comes out Wednesday mornings. That also has the model results and the uh, ownership projections once the afternoon hits. And obviously, you'll uh, you'll hear it on the slate breakdown show. Uh, no Evan tomorrow, but we do have uh, Moose, who you can find on Twitter, at the Mooseonomics. He is the brain's... Uh, behind Fantasy National. So we'll chat a little bit about that, some uh, some information about some new games that he's been rolling out, and uh, we'll get some we'll get some takes from the moose himself. So that'll be that'll be a good show tomorrow. Um, just to just to wrap up the uh, the lineup in general, I ran the optimizer again this week with the cash locks locked in. So obviously, Started with Morikawa and um, and Scheffler. The optimizer very, very much wanted to get Rory in. Um, even though he was the highest priced golfer, there were, uh, when I didn't, when I ran it without any like restrictions, it put 100% Rory in there, which is pretty, pretty unheard of as far as, um, as far as the uh, the top price guy goes, so definitely interesting. We'll definitely be chatting quite a bit about Rory this week as well. Uh, obviously, he's just on. I mean, you know, the the top five finish was like disappointing this week. That kind of shows you the level that he's playing right now. Uh, people are talking about it, him being sort of in the middle of a disappointing season. Um, I guess because of the lack of wins. But I mean, that that seems pretty nitpicky to me. Uh, the the thing about his output this week, as far as DraftKings scoring goes, was he only scored seventy five DraftKings points, even though he finished fifth. Um, he Scheffler finished three strokes and twelve places behind Rory, but still managed to outscore him. Um, so you know those the Eagles are definitely going to mask a lot of problems um of of regular uh regular scoring uh it'll it'll definitely help you catch up on the leaderboard in DraftKings scoring so uh just uh just something to consider t- uh as we as we move forward definitely trying to find guys that are um that are gonna you know flash that upside and and hopefully hit uh hit some greens in two and whatnot so the the lineup had Rory as the as the top price guy. It also had Victor Hovland. He he played really well uh, the first fifty four holes, and then uh, just really struggled on Sunday. Uh, it seems to be 
a, a theme developing there with uh, the guys that I pick in these lineups for uh, a tough Sunday. So he he dropped a little bit, but he scored just under 50 DraftKings points and finished in a tie for 42nd. Um, Vaughn Taylor was the next cheapest guy at 7,200. He barely broke 80 on Sunday. Um, again, if you're if you're sensing a theme, you know we can't can't get anything by you guys. Um, he scored just 43 DraftKings points, finished in 67th place. Um, really kind of a disappointing finish for him, all things considered. I, I thought that he, uh, he was going to be a, a pretty decent play. He was like under 4% owned in the mini max and, um, yeah, was, was hoping for a better output from him. Uh, the last guy that I had in this lineup was Harry Higgs at 6,700. You know, you, you you get what you pay for sometimes. He did make the cut, obviously, but uh, T42 only managed about 51 DraftKings points. So that's just, uh, I, I guess, a, a, a reasonable outcome, probably above his median, but not uh, not exactly what we were hoping for. Uh, with a five percent owned Higgs, there were a lot of a lot of value guys that got there this past week. So it was interesting to see the lineups that were sort of trading um, trading spots up at the top of the leaderboard. I was following the mini max pretty closely. Uh, I I maxed it this week, and um, at one point Saturday afternoon, I was winning it. I was in first. I had like. I think five or six lines in the top 15 and uh, it just Kang imploded. And um, obviously I I was pretty heavy on Taylor. I was pretty heavy on Higgs and those guys sort of dropped me back. So it was a profitable week, but one that uh, one that could have been a lot better. Um, But I did notice that rich is rich nine who, uh, if you remember won the, the bogey free listener league a few weeks ago. Um, he, uh, he took down the mini max. So shout out to riches, rich nine. If you're listening to this, um, really, really solid lineup up at the top to take down the two K for his, uh, his 50 cent entry. Not a, not a bad, not a bad return on investment there. Ever wonder why traditional button ups look so long and baggy. That's because they were never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untucket yourself. If you visit Untucket.com right now and use code BLUEWIRE, you can get 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S., that's untuckit.com, U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com, and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off of your first order. All right, real quick uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to quickly preview the power ranking score, or I'm sorry, not the power ranking score, the expected birdie score for this week. Um we uh, will just quickly kind of go through tier by tier as far as pricing goes. Obviously, we'll go way more in depth on this tomorrow uh, in the show with Moose. But um, at at the top end of the spectrum here, 
we have DJ Brooks, uh, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Rory McIlroy. It appears, as far as the expected birdies numbers go, that um, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, maybe you want to include Rahm in that because they're, they're pretty close. Um, that's sort of the tier as for the, the most expensive guys that you're really going to want to focus on if you're putting any weight behind these expected birdie numbers. Um, I don't I don't think that any of these guys up here are necessarily, you know, bad plays. Um, it's pretty hard to argue that they that they shouldn't be up here at all. Um, Brooks obviously at 10-2 is kind of a tough ask with the way that he's been playing lately. He hasn't scored well. He hasn't been striking it well. Um, he's kind of been all over the place. I think he shot his worst professional round on uh, on this weekend. So hopefully, I think it's I think it's better <laughs> when he's competitive and when he's um, you know sort of competing in the in the majors and everything obviously uh but I do I do wonder if he's just sort of lacking that either lacking that competitive edge in the regular tournaments or if his leg is his knee is worse than he's been letting on um or to to be totally honest it could be it could be a little bit of both of those things so um definitely a, a sort of a storyline to keep an eye out for but not something that I'm I'm terribly concerned about. I think that if you're building, you know, 150 lineups, I think you can afford a little bit of exposure to him just in case, you know, players players championship, bright lights, all that good stuff. Maybe that is the the kick in the butt that Brooks needs. Um dipping down to the 9k range, Bryson can't lay and Webb Simpson are sort of a there's a tier break after them with Scott Fleetwood and Shoffley. They're all good, obviously. They're all above eighty uh with the birdie or better score, but um Bryson Cantley and Simpson are, are above at or above ninety. So they're guys that I'm I'm probably going to be looking a little deeper into. Uh and then as far as the the cheaper guys, once you get down into the 8K range, you have guys like Matsuyama, you have Eam, Fowler's there, Rose, Casey, Patrick Reed, like the Gary Woodland, Tony Finau. This range is completely loaded. Um, Decky is kind of far and away the better expected birdies number and better course fit. And then if you if you look through the rest, um, Louis and Sergio are kind of way down there at the bottom, but uh, everybody in the middle sort of can um, can be a little bit interchangeable. I would I would argue that you should probably you know switch it up depending on how uh, how ownership goes. So um, Scotty Scheffler is at seventy five hundred this week, like I mentioned before. I think he's definitely still in play. Denny McCarthy and Sebastian Munoz are both in play. Hatton coming off a win at is at 7400. I think that you could probably make an argument for him unless you're worried about, you know, the the potential hangover. And then Berger um is pretty high up there as well. So, those are sort of the guys that I'm uh, 
you know, first glance, looking at the prices and looking at expected birdies, they're the guys that I am most interested in um, when I run the power ranking model. Some of those could uh, could potentially change, and um, and I'll be I'll be running the simulator in a little bit here to see uh, if there's any any big uh, big surprises. I don't think there will be. I'm imagining that Rory will come out way on top um, with as far as win equity goes. And then you'll probably have a tier of like a Justin Thomas, Cantlay, maybe Decky uh, in there sort of, you know, fighting for uh, fighting for the scraps that Rory leaves. So um, definitely uh, an exciting week. We will be back tomorrow with the regular full slate breakdown. And like I mentioned, Moose uh, will be on there. We'll be talking some Fantasy National. We'll be uh, talking about who you should be trying to fit in for your Millie Maker lineups if you are uh, if you're partaking in the festivities for TPC Sawgrass. So uh, we will chat tomorrow. See ya. So let's jump into the uh, something new that we're I'm going to be rolling out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, you're you're familiar with the power rankings if you've listened to the show before, or if you if you follow any of the work that I've been doing on Rotoviz over the last year or so. Um, with uh, with that also comes the opportunity to uh, you know simulate these results. the The power rankings raw score is in terms of golf strokes, so it would make sense. It'd be a logical leap that you could end up uh, you know figuring out. Uh, some sort of a, a way to simulate a bunch of tournaments with the information that we have and sort of go from there. So with the sim, uh, I, I've referenced it a couple of times in the articles over the past couple of weeks, and um, I figured we could we could go through some of the the early results here uh, for this uh, for this event. So. First things first, the by far the most win equity in the entire field uh, resides with one Rory McIlroy. He has um, at at mo at Bet Online right now. He's like plus five hundred or so. Uh, he, I have him a little bit longer than that. I have him about plus six hundred in the simulator, but definitely. Um, it's definitely hard to argue with a guy like Rory, the way that he's played over the past few years, um, or really over the past year or so. Uh, it seems like every time he tees it up, with the exception of you know his home course, uh, for whatever reason, he uh, he seems to find his way into contention. Um, then there's sort of another another tier of of guys with with pretty solid win equity uh adam scott tommy fleetwood victor hovland and hideki matsuyama all pop up in this uh in this sort of mid tier um they're all right around three to four or five percent uh win rates so that's going to be good for somewhere in the range of like plus 2500 which is probably to uh not, probably not a ton of value there as far as actually going to bet. Um, 
but if Hovland can bounce back at 8,000 and figure out, uh, you know, a, a high finish, I think that, you know, you, you'd be hard pressed to argue with that. Um, but the, the thing that I really like doing each week is looking at top fives and top twenties at these lower dollar ranges, just to, just to sort of see, um, see some upside, right? We, we want to hit on the guys up at the top. We don't want to get them wrong, but it's just as important to, to nail the mid tier down in the right way. And, uh, you know, obviously down into the super cheap guys, you definitely want to have, uh, even like a top, top 10, top 15 finish can go a long way. Uh, if you can find a couple guys at 7,000 or 7,300 or something like that to, uh, to, to sort of just really raise your lineup ceiling, uh, in a given week. So if we look down at guys that are 8k and below the, the, for, for top five equity, uh, you obviously I mentioned Hovland already, but you can look at the next three guys with Neesmith um, coming off of a pretty bad putting performance, like I mentioned earlier, but uh, really is playing solid golf. You also have Scotty Scheffler at 7,700 and Maverick McNeely at 7,400. Now, McNeely has been just making cuts left and right, like we said, and he's a guy that I'm going to keep uh just really keep getting myself exposed to for as long as I possibly can. Um, I don't really see a scenario where, um, uh, you know, a situation where he's doing something that is, that is unsustainable. Like he's been playing smart golf. I referenced earlier that he had some of the lowest uh, bogey numbers this past week on a difficult track. He's made, all of his cuts dating back to uh, a little bit of a miss uh, misstep in the uh, in September of last year, so we're we're definitely going to keep going with him. Uh, his ownership has risen the past few weeks. Back at the American Express, he was hovering right around five percent, and last week he was up to twelve or thirteen percent in a lot of contests. So definitely something to keep an eye out for, but um, I don't really, I don't necessarily see him getting like uber chalky right now. Um, so for for top five equity, I think those guys make quite a bit of sense. Um, if you go down even a little bit cheaper though, because you know we need we need some other guys that we could maybe take some some dart throws at. Brian Harmon keeps popping in this. I think it's more sort of because of his long-term, you know, his long-term numbers, uh, which, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I think that this this debate will probably never be solved, um, but the power ranking model weights heavily the, uh, the longer-term form, like last 100 rounds, last 200 rounds, more so than, you know, last week's tournament. So, Sometimes it's a little bit slow to update on guys that we really need to uh, figure out a way to get into our lineups, and sometimes it's a little slow to kick the the guys out that we shouldn't be uh, getting into our lineups, but overall, I think it does a pretty good job of balancing that, and Harmon has made, uh, looks like, seven straight cuts, uh, despite not having his A game, so um, could be interesting, potentially, Kevin Tway at 6,200, 
He's uh, He was a guy who was a fixture on this show a couple summers ago and um, really is, has kind of flailed. Like He's had a few top finishes here and there, obviously, um, but the consistency wasn't ever really there for him. Uh, he has had a couple of top five finishes, um, t- a top 10 here, top 11 at the BMW, uh, last year and, uh, and just really can't get his putter putter working right now. But for 6,200, uh, if he can figure out how to, uh, you know, get after it a little bit with his driver and hit some greens, I think that he could be, uh, an interesting play. Nothing, nothing that you're going crazy with. Uh, you know, if you're building 20 lineups, you might throw him in one, if you're building three lineups or doing single entry, he's obviously not in play, but uh, definitely a guy who can who we've seen overpower golf courses. Um, and with uh, with Arnold Palmer, with Bay Hill rather being as uh, as long as it is over 7,400 yards, we can uh, we can target some of these bombers down at the low end and hope for hope for a hot putter and uh, and some you know, some, some good outcomes for them. Uh, but we will be back tomorrow with the full slate breakdown. We'll be talking some ownership. We'll be talking buy or sell. We'll do the mid range matchups. We'll do some over unders and we will hit you with the cash locks, uh, tomorrow evening. So, uh, good luck in the meantime, if you're playing any other sports and we will talk soon.